0: After Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is After Buzz TV's Scandal After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post game wrap up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Scandal After Show! What is up,
1: gladiators? Whoa, that sounds loud. Welcome to the Scandal After Show on AfterBuzz TV. We are here every week recapping your favorite show. This is Season 3, Episode 12, We Don't Touch the First Ladies. Uh, as always, your crew is here. I am Emil Ennis Jr., and I'm joined here with three amazing gladiators, starting with... Hey,
2: what's up, everybody? I'm Cornelia. Hey, I'm Sophia Stanley.
1: I'm Ben Erickson. And I was taking a sip of Sprite. So how are you guys doing tonight? What did you think of the episode?
2: It was actually probably one of my favorite episodes um, in so much as, for me, it felt like original Scandal. It felt like season one where I watched and I was just watching. I was in Pocket and I was enthused and I was going along with the emotion. I was screaming at the TV. I was I was happy. I put up my hands on a certain point. I was like, go for it! And we'll get to that a little bit. Um, I really enjoyed the episode, with the exception of the final scene. Yeah. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit later.
3: Yeah. I also enjoyed it. Now, I I particularly like the cinematography. You know, obviously, they have to make changes, camera angles, because Carrie's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And so in the opening sequence, I liked the angle that they were doing, where they were filming behind, like, a piece of the pillow. And so I really like the cinematography and the changes they have to make. Obviously, do because they're trying
1: to cover a pregnancy, but I really liked it cinematically.
4: I thought it was great. I thought it
1: was a good episode. Bam, you touched on something. I didn't, last episode, I didn't notice. I think Kelly and I both noticed some of the shots they were doing to cover up the pregnancy. But I didn't even think about it this episode. Yeah.
3: There was only, there was only one scene in particular where it was a, where it was, um it was a, is a, a wide shot mm-hmm. where you could literally see, like, she's big. But right. that was just the only one. But all the other ones, um, I, I
1: really liked the cinematic. Cool. Well, we're going to go ahead and start talking about our good friend, Olivia, um, because I thought this episode was very unique. It started off with Olivia and Fitz um, finishing up and arguing at the same time. And this is, I think, there are a lot of moments in this episode where we've complained about it in this after show, saying which person would do this and that and that, and people finally stood up for themselves and did it. And Olivia, in this scene started to speak up and not just let Fitz walk all over her. And it was this battle between them where both of them were finally speaking up and getting things out as far as... remember last week I was complaining about how he just goes in for a kiss and they don't get communicate. And now, in this episode, they finally got to communicate. And I feel like there were some important things that were said. Um And I'm just ready to see what's going to happen beyond this, if it's going to actually turn into anything, where she's going to stand up for herself from now on.
4: To me, it sounds like she's... Coming to terms with the possibility of really having to walk away. That's kind of where I get it. Because last episode, she said toward the end when she was talking to Jake when he came back to the apartment, she said, Vermont is, is, is getting farther and farther away. And even now, she kept, like, they were yelling and she was just like, I'm not a head, it's not about you. It seems like she is now trying to come to terms with the possibility that me and you may not be together. And at the very least, I have to keep my own dignity. I got to keep my own pride. And she said, it's not about you. Everybody worries about you. Nobody's worrying about me. I, somebody, you know, it has to be about me. So I, I, it seems like that's where she's heading. Especially when he asked her at the end how he how she felt about Jake. She said she didn't know. So to me, that opened up a pocket for her, for potential for her and Jake Or for the potential of getting fits to be prepared with the option of, you may not be around, sir, so I don't know how I feel about this guy, but it's it's still on the table. I
1: just thought it was weird for him when he said uh, in that opening scene to you, was like, uh, I didn't think about how hard this must be for you.
2: (laughs) Well, no, on on some levels, I actually think I agree with you guys to an extent about him not realizing that. But on the same standpoint, I think it's very endemic of real life. And the same point that if someone is always so strong and doesn't show emotion and doesn't break down, then you actually forget they have emotions. And I know it sounds funny, but I think we all probably either have a friend or we're that friend, where all of a sudden when they do break down, you're kind of like, oh, crap. And it's like, oh, what? You forgot they were a human being and they had real emotions. And think about it. We're, you know, halfway through season three this is the first time that Olivia has said that she wants to do something for herself. Think about it. Every other time with Fitz, what? She used the associates. She said, oh, they need me. She didn't say, I need to for me. Purely for me. I don't need to explain anything to you. I want it for me. However, towards the end of this of the, of the um, episode, she kind of changed her mind a little bit. And she kind of went back to, I have people to support. Mm-hmm. When really what she should say is, I no longer want to be your mistress. I think she now has actually seen and witnessed a little bit of what that's like being a public mistress and she now knows that regardless of what happens in the future if they then, you know, kind of got together as a relationship, she's still always going to be known as a whore. There's yeah. there's no sanctifying this union. You're laughing,
3: you have a boy. I'm no I'm laughing because I'm looking at your shirt. It, it's giving me real 90s vibe. So
2: <laughs> edgy. So I, was like, yes. I was like, what? I was like, I like you, your shirt. Do you see the rolling of the eyes? Right.
1: <laughs> oh my this god. This urban outfitters. Know. This is not the 90s.
2: Get it,
4: anyway, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I agree, Sophia. I'm, a, but they can't keep, my thing is, they can't keep going on like this. Cause it's always a, a head bump, a bumping heads. Before it was like about the head bumping, like you need to choose me, and it was kind of it seemed like you know in the past it was about being together, being together. For but when are they gonna draw the line in the sand?
3: For me, this conversation. Was the realest between the two because normally it's always one sided. It's either one trying to, you know, make sure that they get their point across. Although they were yelling back and forth, just like, uh, um, like people do in a relationship, mm-hmm. they may have been yelling at each other, but they were listening. I agree. They were listening to each other, and points were made on both sides. And he really got it this time he understood he got it she they understood they understood each other's opinions and perspectives because immediately after they went outside they put aside their relationship and then it was back to work okay now make sure that you blah 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 blah, blah, and she did her hair and they went straight to business So, so for me that was that was probably the realest conversation
1: I agree with The only thing that bothered me was he did it again this episode. Right after they had this conversation, he said, I'm sorry. And then he tried to do smooth fits again and lean in for the kiss. And I just needed to stop doing that. No,
2: I agree. But I, I think that at the end of the, at, at the, end of the um, episode, I think that's what he was trying to do by asking mm-hmm. her about Jake. Because I think that she sometimes always wants to bring in, you have a wife, you have whatever, get over that. Does it make sense? Whatever the obstacles are, I want to know what I want to know. Do you know what I mean? Because let's be adults about this. And I think what he was saying is, like, if you really have feelings for for Jake, I also need to prepare myself for that because I'm no longer going to stop you. I'm no longer going to be an impediment to your happiness. And I think it was almost his shift of saying, oh, crap, I actually haven't been being your prince. I and, haven't been taking care of you. I am now going to assume that role, even if it means that I literally and figuratively have to let you go.
3: And that I don't think that Kiss was like, you know, come here, baby, it's a sweet talk. It was more of a... Of a, I'm sorry, I understand that's how that kiss or that form of affection was for me, but anyway, yeah.
1: Um, so Quinn and Huck, let's talk about Huck first because Huck has been trying to essentially apologize. We find out with coffee, which is really sweet, but um, I what I talked about earlier is how this episode people finally spoke up and said what we've been wanting people to say. And so it's all about, you know, taking ownership for what you've done in any situation. Mm-hmm. And for Olivia, we've talked about this. And you can go back and check our little After Buzz episodes. We said that so many times uh, she just doesn't take ownership for what she's done to Huck. And Huck is sitting there struggling. He doesn't have anybody to go to. And then she's like, what's wrong? I don't understand. I'm, and she's not there for him. She's keeps putting him in these situations. And then she's wondering why this aftermath has occurred. And so we have his protege Quinn, who's now off on the deep end on this other side of B613. And we have Huck here, who's dealing with what he's done to Quinn and nobody to really confide in. Like he's going to go to the AA group. Is he like, who's he talking to? <laughs> like, yeah. so um, I just thought it was interesting that dynamic and how he finally said, you know, no, you're the one in control and you have the leash and you control how far I go. I was just waiting for him to finally say it. It's, I, that's that's one of the reasons why I really enjoyed this episode, because in this episode, so many people finally got out what I needed to be said in order for us to progress and move on. Instead of the, I don't want to say tired storylines, there has been a lot of back and forth between some characters. I'm like, okay, guys, come on. Let's move on.
2: Yeah. No, I, go ahead, Ben.
1: I like, I like the scene with Quinn and Liv
3: in the car. I like that scene because... You know we tease Quinn all the time and we call her crazy and all kind of various names because she's kind of lost, but I feel that before when she was with o p a she had to be respectful as much as she wanted to get out and say certain things she was not able to do that because she was she was put into this world that she was unfamiliar with, but now that she's away from it, she finally got to say. What she wanted to say to Liv, and I felt like I-, I was clapping. I was like, "Yes, get her, get her, get her!" Now, uh, of course, with the whole gun thing or whatever, you know, she had to to kind of prove to her that I'm not Lindsay or I'm not that person who who you want me to be. But I was just really happy that Quinn was able to get off her chest, and then to make a Liv realize what she did, because did you notice a Liv was given. Um, Lib was giving Huck the side eye because of how he was treating Quinn, not realizing that, Lib, this is your fault. Right.
2: No, but I mean, I think that's why I completely agree with you, Mm -hmm. ma'am. And um, to piggyback off of what Emil was saying, I think that the scene with Huck was beyond important because she was completely giving him the side eye. And it's kind of like... Do you really not not know what he was doing? Like, he didn't need to articulate to her that, like, this is a peace offering. This is me saying, I'm sorry. This is what people do. They bring people coffee. I can bring you tea. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I need you not to be mad at me. And then when she basically is like, you went too far... Like, we all kind of are, at least I'll say, I gasped for a second, like, how dare you? And then the fact that he responded and he was like, no, you went too far. He was like, you know, you control the leash. Like, you, you took me in and I, you know, and I'm loyal to you, but I'm not a puppy. I'm a monster, a loyal monster, but a monster. You shouldn't have given me someone to love because monsters eat people. This is your fault. That's right. Do you know what I mean? And it's literally like, Liv, like, where have you been? And at the end of the day, like, let's keep it real. So he licked her face. He licked her face. He didn't kill her. Right. No, I mean, our, 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 did we forget who we're dealing with? I know that. And, and granted, I am team. I love Huck all day, every day. But he is a trained killer. And not only a trained killer, for the same reason that she doesn't want Quinn to be part of Beast 3613, I always get it mixed up, is the same outcome of huck huck is a product of that he has been destroyed so the fact that he had enough control and or respect for olivia and quinn not to kill her you need to reward him for that or the fact that olivia never asked huck
4: why he did what he did in the first place she never even asked she insinuated mm. and kind of, you know, dropped hints that, that she knew why. And Huck may have said a few words about, That's you know, I had point. to get information out of her. But, Olivia, you are mad at Huck when you don't even know what Quinn did. She could have been trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. You don't know That's this. A great point, can you Olivia. Olivia's skipping around the office, doing her own thing, trying to figure well, out what her mom and her dad are doing. But when there's a problem in the office, take OPA out of it. If you work in HR and two people <laughs> got a problem with each other. Guess what you got to do? You got to sit down with each of them individually and find out what the problem is. And then you need to take it amongst yourself to solve it. And, you know, the way you see fit. She never did that. She was just like, you need to, Quinn, <clears throat> you hurt her and all this other stuff. Well, she was trying to get us. She, she, we don't know what she was doing. So that was my problem with Olivia. I'm glad Huck said what he said to her because it was about time that he got it off his chest. She had no comeback.
3: What can she say? But
4: my question is, is she going to treat Huck differently based on this conversation? Is she going to treat him like a monster and really hold the leash, or is she still going to go back to old Olivia? Like, Huck, I just need you to take care of this. But she's going to go too far. She's going to go back to old Olivia
2: because mm-hmm. I think also too she forgets. How, remember um, season one with the president when she was like, "You let him off his leash." I think she she has like selective amnesia, mm-hmm. and I think that. But this is I'm going to talk out of the other side of my mouth. I think she does it on purpose, and she does it for her own sanity and for the sanity of everyone else. She has to compartmentalize things in order to move forward. It Otherwise, she would actually be an actual real-life basket case. Because think about it. Think about what she has to do and what she has to deal with on a daily basis. So I think that she has to kind of exist in, in her own weird fantasy OPA land in order to kind of move forward. So even though she knows he's a trained killer... He's a good train killer. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? And the president's just a president, and he's not really my boyfriend. And the first lady's a first lady, even though she hates my guts because I'm sleeping with her husband. Like, she almost has to exist in this weird world to kind of stand up every morning, put her clothes on, and actually be Olivia Pope, which this episode was the first time in a long time I felt like she was actually her old self. Even though we're we're tearing her apart, I still felt like she was back.
3: And and also... This is OPA. This is not Bank of America. She can't <laughs> she can't babysit and try to figure out certain things because if that's the case, then she should have been on Harrison's ass as to why he didn't show up to work in the morning because he was, you know, and- no, it is
4: different when when one of your, the people that you know doesn't have a family. You took her from the only life she knew and hugged exactly. torture her. That's different. Okay, Huck I tried to give her it. break. I hugged tortured her. Like I,
1: I, and that's why that's why I'm so glad Quinn finally stood up for herself because Quinn was taken out of her lifestyle, thrown into the situation okay. when Olivia said, "Come back home." That's not her real home. This is the home that you created for me.
2: But I got no, to- no. Finish your thought, Emil.
1: No, no, no.
2: It. And also too, she didn't come get her. She only saw her because she was spying. Like, Olivia, do your job. Let me calm down, sorry. If she truly cared, if she truly cared,
1: Quinn has been gone for we don't know how long weeks, and all of a sudden she's. (laughs) Quinn? Then you go going to go talk to her? Get out of my car. No, I stop, stop, stop telling your pretend
2: fake boyfriend, Jake. Oh, please get Quinn back for me. Quinn should no, have said, she,
1: get the, exactly. out of my car exactly. immediately.
2: I, or, go, or go to Hawk. Or also, too, go to Hawk and basically be like, get Quinn back now. Because if you want to pull the leash all the time, right. pull the leash. Tell Hawk to go, even if he literally has to physically bring Quinn back. Be like, Quinn, this is your home. Just like you said, to use the HR analogy. Be like, you tell him he's effed up. <laughs> he tells you you're effed up. Are we good now? All right, cool. Mm-hmm. You want to mm-hmm. know why? Because this isn't work. We're family. And that's mm-hmm. the difference. Because at work, you can you can quit your job. You can't quit family. So however we have to thug this out or figure this out, that's what we have and to then, do. And then instead
1: of like, doing this whole childish thing with Huck in the office at the side and all that stuff, say, how can you make amends with Quinn so we can get back to being a family? That's the issue. She's taking the wrong approach. She did. He's bringing her coffee. I'm just going to say.
4: With the side. <laughs> no, it was the mean side. <laughs> I, too. I had a problem with Quinn pulling the gun out. I get the principal. <laughs> I get it. Oh, so what you gonna shoot her from the side? I, right. when I, you're not gonna be pulling no gun out. Of. Like when I when she pulled the gun out, I was like, "Oh, you're not gonna be pulling the gun out on me because you're gonna cry in the car when I get out." Oh, <laughs> cry, oh.
3: And Liv was unfazed. She was unmoved. That's what Olivia should have no, given her the side eye. Man, but
2: exactly, I think she was she was faced. I think that's why she didn't didn't respond. What Olivia should have said is, "Little girl, mm-hmm. no, do you know what I mean? She should have kind of gotten parent right. on her and been like, are you kidding me? Then shoot me.'" Do you know what I mean? But, she but it was her guilt because she was kind of like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think I messed up. Instead of like, no. At the end of the day, if you feel like you're in control of this person or you somehow because you saved her, you have to protect her, then go all the way. Do you know what I mean? It's like little kids kind of like amping up and being like, oh, I'm call, you know, protective services. Like, I don't know call- about y'all parents, but the response with yeah. mine was not good. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? She kind of needed to do that a little bit. I'm not... You know, yeah. promoting any kind of violence. But yeah, you get what I'm saying. Yeah.
3: And then just one other thing that annoyed me about Olive was how she's calling Jake to fix things. It's like, girl, everybody can't, the world can't stop and, and revolve was around just you. because telling
1: Fitz. <laughs> Just telling Fitz that the world does not revolve around you and I need to focus on me. But then she's calling Jake and tries to make it about her. That's how I feel.
4: But do y'all see a turn in Jake? I see a change yes. in Jake. Yeah. I see a change in Jake going towards Rowan. I in the, I, by the end of this season, I can say this for predictions. I'll I'll drop it now. Jake is going to be wrong by the end of this this season because the way he was looking at all those documents and when she called, he was like, "What?" Like he was he because he, he
2: almost said to her, "I don't have time." Like how how yeah. Fitz said to Melly. Go ahead. He, grasping of his power at this point, power can change people, mm-hmm.
4: and if you're not like prepared for it, or if you're not kind of elevated into it step by step.
3: But the dynamics did change because okay, the first time when Olivia called he was like, I'm busy, but then he said he'll do it. But then once he went into the house um, (laughs) once he went into the house, you can already see the level had already changed. He already upped he already took a couple, you know, uh, st- uh, a couple steps up the, up the escalator already because he already said, listen, if I'm going to be your pretend, he, he started putting the rules out. If I'm going to be your pretend boyfriend, first of all, beer and popcorn is not food. I need you to stock this fridge. I need some real food. I need some steaks. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? You need something, cool. but yeah, it, if, burger, yeah, but, it. but if I'm going to be a part of, of this whole thing that you picked me to be a part of, then I'm going to get my saying, I need you to, you and know. And he
1: took his shirt off and she's like, what are you doing? I'm taking a shower. I'm taking a
2: shower have pretend sex right
1: (laughs) that was one of the funniest scenes in this show point blank uh that was that was really funny but um we have this whole dynamic between them but we still have the Fitz Mellie Andrew triangle that was just created last week and so if you want to call it the scandal of the week we had uh who we thought was Andrew they found oxycodone in the governor's mansion and they were trying to release that to the public who released this information we didn't know or do we still we still don't know who released it
2: no, technically we don't. No we we can, you know.
1: But um so we have this this information that's needs to be released and then throughout the episode we see that it was actually Melly who's trying to commit suicide. It was just a lot to take in at once. We go through these flashbacks. But Van made a good point, um, <laughs> while we are still watching the show or after the show that um we really see more of the dynamic between Fitz and Melly, their relationship and how it's grown and kind of more explanation of why they are what they are today. So that scene the Oval Office where Melly's trying to be a good wife and trying to be a good first lady and just talk to Fitz and give him some suggestions about what to do, how he just said, I don't have time, and then she goes into this passionate speech about what does it feel like, you know, to really be in love and to uh, throw everything down, possibly for everything you work for. I don't have time. Uh-uh. Fitz. You know, Melly
3: goes back and forth. She Sometimes she plays the wife where she used moments like that, and then she says, damn it, if you can't win join them and then she goes and she does things behind her back and she does what she has to do in order to to protect herself as a first lady and to protect uh to protect fit so I really wish that sometimes she would hold back and stop trying to be the wife and realize okay I need to do what I need to do if that means I need to go behind my husband's back or do something I'm going to do what I have to do and what what is he going to do to me I think she should take a, a, a stand more on that rather than flip back and forth
2: no, see, on on this one I I agree. However, I'm really 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 sick and tired of Fitzgerald Grant the 3rd. He is rude, he is condescending, he's entitled, and more importantly, he's immature and isn't connected to reality. When he says this doesn't concern you, this does concern me. Anything to do with Olivia Pope concerns me. You want to know why? Because I'm your wife.
3: I'm a hypocrite. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm a hypocrite because what I just said about Melly, I just said the opposite of Olivia Pope. So No,
2: no, you can, you can, you can <laughs> argue both yeah, yeah, points. It doesn't yeah, I, make you a hypocrite. No. It's like what I like to say. You just talk out of both sides of your mouth, yeah. which I do all the time. And I, and I feel like I'm actually happy that she took the different approach and she actually went for emotion and she kind of hit him in the heart instead of yelling at him. But again, I think that he's so flip with her. However, he then wants her still to play the first lady. So at the end of the day, either completely ice her out and meaning don't have her at any fundraisers. Don't have her as your, as your trophy wife. Don't use her in that way. And then not interact with her at all. And the point was valid. So, Sally Langston has declared that she is going to run for president of the United States of America. And at the same time, she is not going to resign. They then have to basically, in the midst of this scandal, because now he is a cheater, he's all these things, and now his vice president doesn't even want to run with him anymore. You pick the lieutenant governor, which Liv didn't want you to pick to begin with because he didn't fit the demo. And now you're going to drop him because of some oxy? Like, part of me is like, be... Be the present we want you to be and have him come out and say, yes, I took Oxy and I took it for these reasons. And it shows that I am actually a hypocrite. And this shows why it's necessary to have certain drug laws and certain ha- health care laws to protect people in the to- totality. But I am not without messing up. I think that that would actually play better because that makes him less of a playboy and more of a real human being who deals with real issues. And that would have given Fitz the opportunity to stand up and be a different type of president. As far as it looks now, Fitz is just like every other president other than potentially our current president, and one or two others. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? That, That cookie cutter, I look good, I say things that other people wrote for me that I really don't believe, and other people tell me what to say, but I look good
4: this is my thing in regards to going back to the Melly and Fitz thing just to play devil's advocate because I know Fitz is an asshole and he gets on people's nerves but this dance that him and Melly have been doing this has been their dance and we don't know how long they've been doing this dance so, when Melly comes in here and she's like, Well, giving him this idea, him brushing Melly off, he could have been doing this since he was governor, since after we saw the flashback of him not knowing why she didn't want to be sexual with him, want to touch him. That could have been bad blood right there. We we're not really sure. So, let's say that's the case. 10, 15 years. They've been doing this dance for 10, 15 years. 14. So, for 14 years. So, in Fitz's defense, again, I'm saying, I know Fitz is an asshole, but playing the other side. He to to change the, the routine that he's been doing to the wife that he's been you know they've been if they've been playing this game this whole time in his simple mind he seems to not feel like he it seems he seems to act like he shouldn't have to adjust or do things differently because they've been doing it for so long
3: and it's the same it's the same thing with uh, with with Fitz and Liv. Their their relationship has always been the same. Where when Fitz wants his way, or Fitz whenever he raises his voice, she she backs down a little bit. So why should Fitz stop or change or even think about her feelings when their relationship is always a certain way? So it's 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 almost the same. It's almost the same thing.
2: I I totally agree with you. And I and I don't know what the saying is, but what's the saying basically? Like you never want someone to pull you out of your character, right? Basically. I think my 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 number one problem with Fitz that I, per se, on some levels don't have with Melly, Melly, I think, shows herself how she is and actually accepts that, right? So she accepts that she's a bit of a not nice person, right? Fitz, on the other hand, tries to play this dance like he's really a nice guy, but Melly almost forces him to be bad. No one can force you to be bad. Take accountability. So I agree with everything that everyone's saying, but somehow there's a certain aspect of how Fitz is interacting with Melly that's starting to grate on my nerves. Now, the little flashback that we had with them, the interaction, which obviously, do you know what I mean? They are not, you know, being intimate with one another. And it seems like she, not only are they not being intimate sexually, they're not even hugging, they're not kissing. Now, I have no idea what that must do to a marriage. However, yes, I understand that he's in the middle of a, of a gubernatorial race, but something about his reaction was like, "What the hell's wrong with you?" Yeah. When, and my timing could be wrong. She just had a baby, right? Or because she goes, Post- "Yeah, probably." Because she, she said to, to Andrew, and I don't know if my if my child is his, mm-hmm. right? So, presuming she's had a baby, so maybe postpartum. Maybe post-partum like, maybe. Do, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, there's there's there seemed to be no no concern. It was all about him. Like, it, it was all like. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not getting what I want like a child throwing a tantrum, which is very different than, Melly, I'm just so confused. You previously really liked my dad. I, I don't kind of know where this shift is coming from. Is there something that you need from me? Right. Is this all getting to be too much for you? I didn't see all of that. And to me, they choose their scenes on purpose. And obviously, Shonda and the writers are leading us in a certain direction. And to me, that's where it feels like I'm being led.
3: Um to just to piggyback off you, Sophia, I feel that whether you are in a relationship or if it's a parent to a child, you know there there are certain tail signs where you can feel or s- detect something's wrong. and just the way that Melly came across, Melly, when she was like, Stop, don't touch me' I saw it. Okay. The audience saw it. I don't understand how why Fitz was not able to see or feel the disgust. Okay. You've been married. I don't. Know, I don't know how long they've been married at that at that point. But they've been married long enough to where they uh, they've been married a couple years. I would say they've been mm-hmm. married a couple years to to where if your wife is is like, don't touch me. That should resonate in your in your mind that, wait a minute, something's not right. So then you have to now question their relationship. You know, yeah, they did in, fall in love and all that other stuff. But you have to, you, I have to wonder now, is their relationship, did it fall off? And then they just realized that, hey, you know, this is a business. We're going to ride or die. I, I just, it just was weird.
4: It seems like. People people catch signals if they were taught, if they were raised to catch Chameleon. signals hmm. Good point, or if they can step out of themselves and see the situation. Everybody can't, doesn't have the ability to see themselves. Fitz's daddy was a loser. He was a straight up loser. That, that scene reminded me of his dad. Like Ooh. if some, you know, like he's like, what's wrong with you? That's to me, that seemed like something that Big Jerry would have said. Fitz can't recognize that he acts like his father in any way. Even now when he does stuff like his father, he can't even recognize it. He seems to have no clue. He's totally oblivious to that. So, Fitz, a normal person or a healthy person, could recognize that his wife was going through something. Mm. But not somebody who grew up being emotionally abused by their father and you know that's just the life that was regular to him that argument and him at that, that interaction you could tell that was regular for Fitz to do that okay. that's a, no that's an excellent big point, jerry Camelia. probably treated his his mom like trash we don't know yeah. True. but that's an excellent point
1: well melly i like that we got to see this background from her but it was also like we had a lot of relationship and dynamic mm-hmm. change before but i really like what happened with melly and olivia Because when Olivia went in there, and we saw the preview last week, I'm sure we were all thinking, oh, wait a minute, Melly had somebody on the side, but it was completely different. And I've said that
2: from the beginning. I was like, she would never. It
1: was completely different than what we thought. We saw that she was committing or tried to commit suicide, and uh, Andrew actually saved her, and they have this new dynamic, but we also see in another scene that there was some feelings there, but she didn't act on it.
2: And she said that. And so basically, the fact that, and and I was talking to people online about this, like, does this make her a hypocrite, so forth and so on. First of all, I want to say, Wrong is wrong regardless of whether or not you've done wrong before. I can say that lying is bad even though I know I've told a lie. Do you, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, you don't need to be like, like, sanctimonious or without sin or without having done anything wrong to recognize what wrong is and to be able to articulate that is wrong. So that's the first thing. However, the fact that Liv started as started like cop attitude and was like oh, you know, this has to stop and then tried to like connect with her on an emotion level and was like, I know how hard this is. Mm-hmm. And she was like oh wait you you think we're the same right she goes the difference between you and me is when I had the opportunity to cheat I kept my knees together Um. (laughs) 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 oh my goodness go ahead
3: Olivia came at Melly like the side chick trying to throw something at her to to make it seem as if yeah I may be I may be wrong for what I'm doing, but you guilty, too, because it was like she was trying to throw something at her because she maybe expected Melly was going to come at her. And it seemed like a side chick to a wife conversation the way Olivia uh, came at her like this.
4: To me, it seemed like she came at her like she was like one of those little fix it, fix it weekly scandal Mm -hmm. specials. I didn't take. Like it that you long. know how Olivia busts through the door or something going on, <laughs> and she's like, "What did you do? You yes, need to tell me the, the truth. True. This is the bullying. this is some lies." She came at her like that was a weekly yes. scandal special, she, forgetting but, that oh, I'm a part of this <laughs> weekly scandal special. I'm your problem. I am Olivia is Melly's problem.
3: But also, what I didn't Great like point, what, what I didn't like about this is Olivia, you have to. You know, with Olivia wanting to trust her gut, let's keep it real. As far as Melly's concerned, would Melly um, have done something um, in, in a way that would jeopardize or or anything that would raise question?
2: In regards I, to the like to fits, I mean, I think and, I, I've I've always said she wouldn't. However, I think that all people are technically capable. Whether mm-hmm. or not they act upon that is is different. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the the big difference, though, is that I and I've always said this. And granted, it seems, and when we find out um, further along in the episode that they actually, even though it was brief, had real emotions for one another. I contend that the number one reason that the dynamic and the trinity with Melly Fitz, and Olivia isn't simply a side chick relationship is because no matter how much I call him immature and condescending and entitled and blah, 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 he genuinely loves Olivia. Mm-hmm. In their world, they are soulmates. That is a completely different level of betrayal when... Your husband or your wife, not only is stepping out with you, is actually in love with, breathes for, lives for. Every moment of their life is about that other person. When Olivia was having the conversation, she technically didn't know all of that. So really what she was saying is like, oh, this guy that you may have feelings for... Do you know what I mean? I agree with Camelia. I think she was doing that fix-it. She was doing the weekly scandal. Like, I'm going to tear you down on the one level of information that I have. Keep it moving to try to hit that emotional button to get you to do what I want you to do. Yeah. Even I
1: thought with it the fix know. is though, she at least has her team like, really investigate before she goes attacking without information that she doesn't have.
4: She had the information about the pills. So for her it was like the pills and now Andrew's here. You must have had a thing. You need to stop it right now. You need to cancel it. Okay, Olivia, but again, you are the problem. In Melly's life, besides the backstory and besides the, you know, everything that went down, right now it seems like we talk about how we, Fitz forgets that Olivia has feelings and he forgets about emotions, but Olivia seems to periodically forget the role that she's playing in Melly's life.
3: And we didn't forget about iTunes. So just really quickly, I want to make sure that you guys go to iTunes and you guys get a click on the Afterbuzz. Uh, you guys can click on onto Afterbuzz and you can download all of the uh, podcasts that we have here on Afterbuzz TV.
2: Make sure you rate, comment, subscribe, and tell a friend. Yep.
1: No. All right, guys. So the whole thing with uh, the Melly Andrew Fitz thing was cool, but in the, all of this, we also had. Oh,
2: wait. Hold on. Before we go so, on, I'm so happy she kissed him.
1: Oh yeah, that's all yeah. good. Gonna... There was something we missed. No, yeah. no, no. We have
2: to just before we go on. I'm so so happy she kissed him because on the real, like, let's just be real. Like, you have been in a loveless marriage, and it could have obviously stemmed from the assault. But either way. To me, that was the the turning point for their relationship and their marriage, where they disconnected from one another, whether or not she disconnected from Fitz or Fitz disconnected from her. So basically, they've had a loveless marriage for the last 14 years, or let's even just say 12. And there's been no intimacy other than the second child, and then the third child, which we know, was obviously to fix the scandal. The fact that Melly was actually felt probably like a woman she felt wanted she felt desirable she felt beautiful she felt seen she felt heard all of those things when i thought she wasn't gonna kiss him i was literally screaming at the tv like oh my god just do it like go for it go for it and then when they started kissing you guys were like shut the door and i was like forget about it like (laughs) just keep kissing him but i do like how it stopped and she you know composed herself but you know i think that shows uh a level of discipline, and then at the same time, a level of what she must have been receiving from this man
1: that she has not been receiving. But after the kiss, when she did have that moment, like almost like, oh my god, what have I done? Yeah. Where do you think that that stemmed from?
2: I know exactly. Well, I think it stems from, think about it again, they're obviously directing us in a certain place. And, and to me, this Ice Princess Mellie was literally created the day that Big Jerry assaulted her and even on this on the stairwell with um, Andrew you can see it right you can see she's like, are we done here? are you like do you need me to like apologize for saving my life for like you know putting your finger down my throat and you know like basically she, mm-hmm. this man saved her life and not only saved her life like didn't call the the ambulance stayed up with her all night like really made sure she was okay and then basically was like, no like I just want to know why you did it. And to me, that's really like, no, I'm concerned about you because I'm not just trying to wash it underneath the rug. I really want to make sure this doesn't happen to you again. And
1: were you surprised that she told him?
2: Completely. Yeah. But I think that it shows you uh, her morphing into the Melly we know, which is someone who doesn't have emotion. Because think about it. If she shows any type of emotion, then she has to deal with the emotion of what happened to her. Think about it. You, you, can't, you can't kind of choose. So I think she has to pull herself into an ice princess and have no emotion. And that's why it comes out in, in fits of rage almost with fits. And I still contend that that rage is more connected towards love than it really is anything else. But that rage and anger is the only emotion she can deal with. Because if she deals with any other emotion, then she has to deal with the assault.
3: And then also, he was not willing to give up this information. So, for Melly, after 14 years for him not to want to reveal the information about uh, about what really happened shows to Melly like, wow, this dude really looks out for me. He loves me, and she probably just maybe had a little moment, and she said, "Oh, damn, let me just real quick, and then ho- and then
1: fall back, and then fall back." Good yeah. point, Bam. Well, I'm glad that she finally got some action because she hasn't really received anything yeah. in a long minute. Um, but we also had, uh, lost my nose. Oh, James. I'm sorry, but James annoyed me this episode. And he's normally not one of my. I wouldn't say he, I have my characters I love, my characters I don't really like that much, but he's never been like on any side of the spectrum. He's kind of been in the middle. In this episode, he just—I'm just, just like—I'll be real quick
3: and say why James gets on my nerves and why I think that he—they're going to kill him because. Oh, listen, wow, If you are going to if you are going to go after somebody and and plot and plan, you can't be a whiner on the phone like you, your husband. Well, he done notice noticed, but your husband tried to kill you, James, <laughs> in the daytime. and your husband tried to kill you in the daytime, in the and nighttime. you're trying to go after a man that you know has done multi- multiple. Dirty things, and if he's so Publius, you,
1: stop saying Publius. is everywhere. Yeah. He says like everywhere,
2: and the same cell phone that you know was recorded.
1: And he says all the right? details. If they said they're gonna know that I am Publius, I'm the one who said all the text messages. To <laughs> the phone. I James, right?
0: And, Publius. and you're already and you're
3: already showing to Cyrus <laughs> that something is different because I, you're you're kind of smart and I, I ain't got time and, and I got to take a call and this this this. The man who helped plot um the uh, the to get Fitz in office. You don't think that. Potentially, he can be checking your phone or GPS. Like if you are, if you,
4: he yeah. bit off more than he could
1: chew. He Completely. was acting out of character too, <laughs> just in the way he was acting so pushy about Vanessa Chandler. Oh no, you can't do that. And he said, uh, "Cyrus called out." It was just because you are press secretary now. You are acting like this, or my husband. But it was just, he was just. It was obvious. It's yeah. obvious. And then we see that uh, Cyrus plans with Charlie to try to find out who it is, and then. David Rosen gets tossed into a trunk and I thought it was Charlie, and then we see it's actually Abby and That
2: was awesome.
4: The whole love you
1: scene finally happened.
4: My thing is, not to deviate off of a topic, why is everybody calling even voicemails? That's is my <laughs> issue. Nobody checks voicemails. Right, you can't text them. Right. 90101. Like you can't text nobody. He leave it. when the last time you checked your voicemail? I it
1: You're I just totally leave great. it there. I was totally <laughs> oh I
3: was I was totally Upset with the fact that Abby was like, "Well, who are you talking to?" Like, you guys have to remember the kind of work that you do. You no, can't. No, all- no, you both, But, but hold on, not- hold on. Let me let me finish. I was upset initially, and then I was like, "Okay, I'll shut up."
4: Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you saved his life, right?
2: What? But even still though, I think Abby's being true to Abby. Like, you don't think I'm mass I don't care. I don't care if you're the president of the United States of America. I'm like, who are you talking to? You talking to the to, to Queen Elizabeth? No, seriously, I still wanna know. You can then tell me, oh, it's work, and then I shouldn't then ask you a follow-up question. But at the end of the day, I'm still your wife or your girlfriend. I still have every right to say who you're talking to in the same way that you have every right to say who you're talking to. I can then tell you it's work, and then the conversation stops. But the question I don't think that's out of line. This huh. is the same Abby that broke into Jane, right. the, David's apartment while
4: he was in the shower. She got naked and got into the shower mm. with him. This is Abby. Like mm. this is that's completely in her character. She hacked into his emails and text messages to find out that he was about to get in some big trouble. Really,
3: really quick, Cyrus. Whenever Cyrus wants something done, he goes to Charlie and he says, "I make it worth your while." I'm assuming that he's paying him money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cyrus what? makes money? I, but you have to... That's a lot of money to always want to kill someone.
1: Where <laughs> is... Well, it's not always killing, though. It's more following... Also, but,
2: too, what does Cyrus spend money on? Right. No, look, let's just real quick. I know people hate when I do math, but let's be real. The, he probably is the chief of staff, right? Mm-hmm. He probably makes 250 right? So he makes 250 James makes... Probably about a buck twenty-five. <laughs> no, but seriously, mm-hmm. they live in a the house. They don't go nowhere. All they do is work. And while you're in that white house, everything is covered. Thank you. Pretty much, yeah. Do you Everything know what I'm say? is covered.
4: I mean, you know what I mean? So that's so
2: that's basically almost uh, like that's almost a half a million dollars every year. And all they spend money on is like daycare for their little baby. Where are
1: all these babies at on the show? They just
3: disappear. <laughs> a
2: nanny. A nanny.
3: I'm just saying, like he always go to Charlie when he needs somebody kept off and.
2: Right, because it, you have expensive. to because because you can't have too many different people mm-hmm. knowing your dirt. But okay, let's make sure that we talk about Adnan.
1: <laughs> Adnan. So, um, so we I see like the, her. I like her too at the donor dinner. Adnan shows up. As oh, that well, back, back, We can't. Back we can't. On, before we talk about Adnan, that. but okay, so before the donor dinner,
2: she was oh, with Harrison. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Okay. Finishing up, finishing mm-hmm, up okay. from last yeah.
1: week. They they were on the and then now we're in the room and they were finishing up there. Their stuff, and then Harrison is saying, you know, um, or she was saying that she misses him, and he was like, I miss parts of you. <laughs> and then she has an offer for him, and there's all this money, and then we find out at the end of the episode, the very end. No,
2: at- but even before then, before then, remember, she goes, she goes. does Liv know everything? Oh, yeah, does she know Liv about only Clearwater? only knows about the inside, or does she know about Clearwater?
1: What's Clearwater? We don't know right. yet. Right, so.
2: but this is my only thing is, at that moment, tell Liv. No, but seriously, do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, you have been afraid of this woman since the beginning, since the minute she was mentioned, you were afraid of her. You were so afraid you had to steal Abby's gun. You were so afraid that we've never seen Harrison not be Harrison, right? And he's acting uh, very unlike Harrison. So this woman obviously gets back into the country. How so? Because basically the President of the United States of America writes her little visa, right now she's handing you money and you're just doing it because somehow Clearwater is so big that you don't ask any questions and you don't think
1: to talk to Olivia if he if he's so scared of Adnan instead of grabbing Abby's gun just get Huck to handle the situation
4: no, he got some. It's different now. His yeah. his vision is clouded, clouded. now. He I was say emotions that. getting
2: away. Right and wrong. Devil but on then, one shoulder. Angel. But then another. step away from live. This is yeah. my thing. Is step away from live. Like people need to start to literally like act like the adult that they are and take accountability because now you're obviously putting live in harm's way mm-hmm. even without seeing the last scene because the minute she brought up Olivia's name, she saw your weakness. Right. Or else she wouldn't have brought it up. She just would have been like, do it.
1: And then. We see at the donor dinner she's talking to Cyrus,
2: mm-hmm. trying
1: to plant that seed, and then at the very end we see that she's connected to Mama Pope.
2: And I said that from yeah. the fan show. And can I say something? That was my least favorite part of the episode. Yeah. I thought yeah. the episode in its totality was perfect. I loved it. And then that last scene when she walked in and we heard a female's voice, I was like, yeah. "It was just random." I knew. You know? it,
3: well, I I hate that I hate that they have the credits rolling at the beginning. So I knew. Candy hadn't been in in the um, she hadn't been in the entire episode at all 58 minutes so I knew that was her Uh, I just wish that Mama Pope would come back episode 16, 17 I I don't feel like she needs to come back now
2: I agree
4: my question is what does she have to do with Harrison because the fact that I, you know what I mean, if Mama Pope is, I don't know. I talk about it predictions. Predictions,
0: yeah.
1: Last thing, we had a shocker. I know they said in the previews next week the last thirty second community shocker. We had a little shocker at the end of this episode. Tom is the insider for B six thirteen. I was not expecting that. I wasn't either. Tom is like diehard, literally diehard loyal for fit, So we thought, and I guess he is. But looking Ooh. back. Looking back, it didn't
3: surprise me because when when um, when when uh, when living fits were having their yes. back and forth conversation, they kept going from inside to outside, inside to outside. And there was this there was this um there was this medium shot, a, a, a side shot of, of how Tom, 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 Tom of Tom. And every time that Tom and how are in there, I always think, OK, there's a reason that they're being featured.
4: And this whole time we were wondering how Olivia's dad knew about Fitz and Olivia. And of course, he was, the, you know, B613 and he knew everything, had access to everything, but it was just as simple as. Tom was telling that everything that went down, showing him footage, everything. And sometimes and
3: it's that simple. You just, it, it don't take rocket science to get somebody to, to uh, be the inside person. But,
2: Bam, I thought where you were going with it, in the scene in the hallway, yeah. I thought you were going to say that technically, Hal was actually telling Jake about what goes on. Oh, he was, yeah, like, a, oh. Yeah. He oh, was yeah. like, oh, we yeah. clear the first and the second floor and blah, blah, blah. Like, that was actually a little bit abnormal. Like, your Secret Service. Like, you don't tell people nothing. You're right. Like, in, uh, now looking back, he was actually schooling him on how they do things. So I'm in like, In preparation oh, for what we're going to do later. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was his, that's his boss. Yeah.
1: Well, I think, and I think we all can agree that it was a great episode. Um, and hopefully next week, I, the only thing I don't like, and we're going to go into news and gossip, but the only thing I don't like is when you tell me something big is going to happen because I then agree. I set expectations so high. And then if I'm not... Um, I just don't want them to let me down. Yeah. Don't okay, tell okay. me just let it happen because yes. the uh, Happy Birthday, Mr. President, whatever episode it was before that when we didn't got shot, we didn't know it was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And that's when it's oh. like, oh my god. Yeah. But when you tell me, I'm like, okay, the last 30 seconds, what's going to happen? Then? Yeah. And, and,
3: and I feel like because wait because it's March, I feel like it's in preparation for sweeps week to really get everybody talking because that's what we're going to do on right. Twitter is so we're going to talk about it for the whole next six days until it happens.
2: I completely agree with you, Bam, but to piggyback off what Emile said, I kind of want them to start to use new tactics. Like, Mm -hmm. I think we're in a new space with TV, whether or not it's that scandal is a new concept, whether it's Netflix, whether or not it's just all the changing shows that, you know, cable sometimes versus network and premium and so forth and so on. Change the dialogue. People are talking about this show because it's a great show. People talk about this show because it's amazing storylines. We're talking about this show because it's a great storyline. You don't need to now tell us next week there's going to be an OMG moment. Because right. we're
3: going to watch. We're going right. to watch. watch. And I think
2: just to piggyback off what Emil said, now actually you're going to let us down. So again, unless it's like all press is good press, then the chatter next week potentially is like, what a letdown. Are you kidding me? Like, that wasn't really that OMG, especially for a show that's called Scandal. <laughs> like, you don't need to do that.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully it's not the case, but we will see next week, and we will be here. But um, let's go into news and gossip. After Buzz TV news. What do we have, guys?
2: We have uh, Columbus Short was on Arsenio Hall. Oh, ow, ow. yes, yes, yes. I caught like a little clip of it, and I won't even go into it. He said something about his daughter, which I have to like rewatch because out of context, he was like, "Yeah, my daughter's ratchet," so I'm not quite <laughs> sure where that is with it. I think he was being funny about just the generation, um, the generation difference. Um, also, I know that I'm such a dork, but I saw pictures from the Oscars of uh, the beautiful Kerry Washington fully pregnant and she looks so absolutely gorgeous Um, but then there were also pictures going around online Um, it was the first quote unquote public sighting of her and her husband together they looked absolutely adorable. We actually have posted the pictures on um, uh, AfterBuzzTV.com so you can go on there and you can actually look Mm -hmm. at the pictures. It looks like they're almost in a little picture booth. Yeah, it was from from the
3: Vanity Fair uh, party and uh, at most parties now, they have the photo booth where you guys can take pictures and they do the little hashtags. And so No, like they
2: look, I mean literally he's kissing her cheek and like both of their eyes are closed like I was like, oh my goodness. They're (laughs) so in love. I'm so,
0: congratulations
2: to both of them. It was such a cute picture. That
1: Vanity Fair Oscar party was cool to. if you go to their instagram account you can see it were you there no i was not oh. <laughs> but one of my friends was there he was uh doing a set assistant for a photographer and they had like a photo booth but not really a booth like a whole studio set up so they're doing like professional portfolio oh, shots wow. as the celebrities were walking in they were going to this room they had props and everything and there's this beautiful shot of a uh, carrie like holding her belly like this Aww. and it's like magazine like editorial type shoots mm-hmm. that were just done All set up, ready to go, and they were doing this all night with all these different celebrities. But, uh, Karius, I just can't wait to see the baby. I feel like (laughs) when she has the baby, then she can come on to introduce us. That's what we're waiting for, right? I agree. That's what we're waiting for. I
2: totally agree. It will happen. I totally agree. And then, uh, Bellamy Young will be on Kimmel tonight. I just love... I have to be a dork. I just love anytime she gives an interview because her persona, Mm -hmm. Bellamy Young, is so drastically different than Mm -hmm. what we see Melly to be. Mm -hmm. She just seems like such... You know, she's from the South. She just seems so loving and wholesome and just really down to earth and kind of a straight shooter, but really just like warm, just a warm, caring individual. So I think that's going to be like a really, really good interview. And probably she's going to be funny as well.
1: But we will watch it after we leave. So we're going to go ahead and get out of here. But before we do that, we're going to go to Predictions.
0: And now, you're After Buzz TV (laughs) predictions.
1: All right. I am going to um, possibly agree with Bam here. Um, I don't think James is going to be with us much longer just with the way it's going. Um, I I just don't think he's going to be with us much longer. And um, I think that something – I still am waiting for something drastic to happen with Quinn because I've been saying all season she's going down this downward spiral. Something's about to happen. I don't really know what's going on with Mama Pope. I don't really know if I care at this point. Um, we'll see. And – who else, who else, who else? Um, I still agree with what I said last week. I think Olivia and Fitz need to take a break. Maybe she wants to focus on Jake for a while. I'm not really for O'Lake or whatever you guys are calling it these days. J'Olivia, like I said last week. But um, <laughs> maybe she needs to just focus on herself, her career, and all that and get herself together because right now she's a hot mess. And until she gets herself together, she can't be in this toxic relationship. So,
4: I think somebody is going to die. But I don't think it's Jake because it's too obvious. Not Jake, James, because it's too obvious. I'm starting to feel like that's just, you know, it's just, it's like there. And that's never really what happens. If we're like, Mm -hmm. oh, someone's going to die, Mm -hmm. it's never them. It's somebody that we don't expect. I'm going to assume or predict that maybe it's David because Uh, yeah, David, yes, Mm -hmm. he's a part of the cast. But now that him and Abby's relationship are starting to bud, they're, you know, expressing their feelings for each other. What more dramatic way would it be to cut one of the people out of uh, out of the scenario and kill David
1: I hope not. and get
4: Abby back to the old Abby? That old, hurt Abby and
2: I don't want to let anybody in. Maybe it's David. Okay, this wasn't my normal prediction, but this is off of just piggybacking off of yours. And wouldn't it be like some stuff if? It was Mama Pope and or Adnan who killed David. Mm-hmm. So then there's also like a divide in OPA. Yeah. Um,
3: mm. I think we didn't really talk. We didn't talk about Sally, but Sally is she's losing her marbles. Oh, yeah. She totally had a meltdown. Mm-hmm. She kept she was in the same she was in the same room and at, she's not she's not there. She's 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 losing her marbles. And so as you were mentioning that is David, I actually do think that it could potentially be David or maybe Sally's right hand man. And maybe which maybe that can mm-hmm.
2: I, No. You mean Leo? That's yeah. that's oh, not no. major yeah. enough. Sorry, um, I didn't mean to dismiss um,
3: it, but I'm like, I'm just I'm just throwing some things out there. <laughs> but Hollis was back and Fitz said that, you know, get him out. I don't want it, I don't want to have his uh his money. Hollis is not gonna die, but Hollis is about to turn up again. Oh, and yeah. so oh, Yeah,
4: um,
1: definitely.
3: yeah I, I think it may be David. But I'm gonna actually stick with James only because James was a co- he was um he was a guest star. He's got his Emmy. He's a consulting uh, producer with Grey's Anatomy.
4: Th- th- he can. Yeah, yeah. He, and he just
3: had his
1: it. book come out recently. Uh, he don't need he, to. He's, he's, doing well. he, he's busy.
2: Maybe yeah. both of them. Uh.
1: Oh, both but soon. before we close out the show, because I don't want oh, people Sophie, getting on. You got
2: more? Oh, yeah. Did you? Oh, have just more? real quick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, more, more of a I, what I want to happen. I want Rowan to tighten his game up, and I want him to like cause havoc. But I also want Quinn to really. I actually want her to be be six thirteen. I actually, I don't know why. I like it. I think that, and I want her to kind of be like Jake's right hand, and she's still OPA, but now OPA almost has an inside person right connected because this whole connection between Jake and the president, I don't like that. I like separation of, of branches or departments. And so I, I, I like.
1: I miss her though. With OPA. Yeah. I, don't, I, I want her to be rugged. I, don't, yeah, I like I don't miss it. Her. Well, what I was going to say, though, because um, I don't want people on YouTube and Twitter, why didn't y'all do that cold piece? So, Cornelia, who's your cold piece of the week? Cold
4: piece of the week, I will give it to, mm, I'll give it for, to Huck for that speech that he gave to Olivia, because it was about time he, he told her how it was, and she needed to hear it, and she didn't have a comeback. She just had the little lip quiver like she does, so <laughs> I give it to Huck. Huck is my co piece of the week.
1: All right, guys, let us know who you think the cold piece is, and where can we find you all?
2: You can find me on Twitter at Sophia Stanley.
1: You can find me on Twitter and
3: Instagram and on social media at Bam Erickson.
2: I'm at Canelia on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook
4: and Canelia.com.
1: And at Emil it's Jr. on social media and on Chasing LA on YouTube. Guys, it was great. Make sure you join us here next week for what's hopefully going to be a dramatic, shocking episode at the end. And we love you guys. Talk to you later. Bye-bye